What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, aka The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, I've got a special treat for you guys. And this treat is so special, not only is it happening this week, but it's going to be happening for the next couple of weeks here in September. That's right, the last three weeks of September are going to be dedicated to this special treat. And that is, I am airing some classic interviews that I conducted 
when I went to Dragon Con back in 2017. In honor of Dragon Con taking place over the Labor Day weekend, I have decided to give out these interviews because I feel like for a lot of the new listeners out there that weren't following us during the SoundCloud days, you guys will really, really enjoy these. And also anybody that was listening during the SoundCloud days, these are definitely interviews that should be played again. So I decided to do this special treat for you guys in honor of Dragon Con. And we're going to kick things off with the interview that I did with the one and only Mr. Kevin Dockery. Now, Kevin Dockery uh, used to run the armory at Dragon Con at the time that I did this interview. Now, before I get into this interview, I'm going to give a quick little backstory here, and then we're going to jump right into it. At the time that I went to Dragon Con, it was my first time ever attending Dragon Con. Before 2017 and since 2017, I have not been to Dragon Con since. Not for any negative reasons, just timing and money and all that. So I just haven't had the time to go. But when I went to Dragon Con, it was because at the time, I was working for the regular guys show on 12.50 a.m. The Fan 2 at the time. Larry had brought the show back and he was doing a sports-based show and he had brought me in to be the director of fighting, conflict, and drama for the show, which means basically my job was to talk about combat sports, mostly pro wrestling. He wanted to give me a pro wrestling segment, but from time to time, if there was ma something major going on in the world of boxing or UFC, he wanted me to cover that as well, which I did. So he wanted to send me to Dragon Con and he wanted me to do some fun stuff while I was there. Basically, he wanted me to go to Dragon Con, walk around and try to pick up phone numbers from girls at Dragon Con. However, I did it, didn't matter. All he wanted me to do was pick up some numbers at Dragon Con. So of course, course, while I was down there, I did talk to a few girls and get a few numbers, you know, to try to fulfill Larry's wishes because that's what he wanted me to do. So I did it. But at the same time, I also wanted to try to get some interviews if I could and try to do some other fun things because A, I didn't want to risk getting thrown out of Dragon Con, but also I was given a press pass and I didn't want to abuse the press pass in case we ever decided to come back again. So any opportunity I could get to find an interview, I would do it because at at the time that we had gotten back on the air with this new version of the Red Guys show, it was too late to get any press-related stuff for Dragon Con. We had kind of missed the deadline on that. So we were able to get in at the last minute. So even though we were able to get a last-minute addition, like a squeeze-in, we weren't able to get a lot of big-name guests on the show that were Dragon Con-related. We couldn't get any wrestlers or Power Rangers or celebrities or voiceover actors or whatever. We just, it wasn't going to happen. But I wanted to see who I could talk to, who I couldn't talk to, but I also knew Dragon Con had a lot of rules. For example, I couldn't walk up to booths and flat-out interview people. I would get thrown out. So I would sometimes go to different exhibits and try to get permission mission and see if they'd be cool with it. So while I was there, I bumped into this girl named Meg, uh, who was dressed as Sailor Venus. If you saw my old uh, Instagram account, you might have seen that picture. And if I still have it, I'll put it on the Boochcast Instagram page for you guys to check out. But I met this girl named Meg, and we kind of just hung out the whole time we were at Dragon Con. Uh, we were kind of hanging out, having a good time, and we were pretty much just taking a tour of Dragon Con. And we happened to go down to the armory. And while we were down there, uh, I met a woman by the name of Teresa Patterson 
who was showing us around the armory, letting us look at cool stuff. And then while we were there, we met Teresa Patterson, who is the track director of the armory. And she introduced me to the founder of the armory, who happens to be uh, Kevin Dockery. And she set it up to where I could interview Kevin because I had told uh, Teresa that I was there walking around and um, she saw the press pass. I told her, yeah, I work for the regular guy show, but we got put in at the last minute. So we weren't really able to get a lot of cool interviews and stuff like that. So she said, hey, why don't you interview Kevin? And I thought that was awesome. So she introduced me to Kevin. We talked for a little bit and he agrees to do an interview. Uh, Meg decides to go off and do her own thing, but we exchanged numbers. So she told me to basically text her when I was done with the interviews and we would meet up later. So I sit down, I hit the recorder on my phone and we start the interview. So one quick thing I'll say before we get into this interview, uh, because it was recorded on my phone, the audio is a little, uh, a little weird because I had to use my phone and I didn't have the sophisticated equipment I have now. So unfortunately I did my best to make it arable. Uh, if it's not, I apologize or if parts aren't art, I apologize. But either way, I'll be telling more of my Dragon Con story throughout the other two interviews that'll come up. But in the meantime, sit back and enjoy as the booch goes one-on-one with Kevin Dockery. Hey everybody, this is uh, Vinny with The Regular Guys Show. I am here with uh, Kevin Dockery, the uh, creator of the armory here at Dragon Con. And uh, Kevin, what, what inspires you to bring the armory to Dragon Con? Uh, about nine years ago, I was attending my first Dragon Con. A friend of mine, Bill Fawcett, is a mover and shaker here, so he kind of dragged me down here kicking and screaming. And I was at a cocktail party for Bane Books, and I met Hank Reinhardt. And Hank was the master of the sword. I was extremely competent with small arms. I just like the term expert. If you use the term expert to describe yourself, you will meet the guy who knows it better than you do, and you'll look like a butt. <laughs> of weapons of all kinds in books, in literature, in the movies, on TV, and we're commiserating with how people get it wrong. So Hank with his collection of swords, I with my collection of firearms, we said, okay, let's fill a room, let's make a museum for Dragon Company. And that was the birth of the armory concept. The armory is the storage place for weapons. Well, of great loss to the community, Hank passed away the next year, and that delayed the project. Um, however, it was so sound that I wasn't going to let it go. And seven years ago, we did the first armory, and we had a completely different setup than we do now. It's the same room. It is the Inman room on the motor conference level of uh, the Hyatt Regency. The reason for this room is it is the hardest to get to in the building, which means it's the hardest to get away from. <laughs> exactly. Security and safety are both the top priorities for the armory display. Uh, we have my red shirts, our, my security staff, and we pay for a uniform member of the Atlanta Police Department to be in attendance in the armory room as long as there are firearms in the building. And the first year we put it on, we had vertical arms racks like you would find anywhere. Uh, 
grid wall displays for some. And basically it was testing out the concept. Uh, you couldn't see the weapons really terribly well. We didn't like the way some of the stuff had come across. But the public loved it. The movers and shakers for Dragon kind of realized we could do it safely. This is an extremely difficult subject matter to have at a convention. The armory is unique to DragonCon in the entire country we're in. And that is due to, in no small part, having to jump through federal, state, and local legal hoops to present this to the public. And the armory allows people to, it allows attendees to see the materials that otherwise they'll only see in the movies, in the comic books, and in TV. It allows artists and illustrators and writers to see the proper size of something, the proportions of it. Two of our firearms over the years have ended up in computer games. Um, and we showed the people everything about it. This is how you hold it, this is how you apply it, this is how you load it, this is what it looks like sighting down it, this is how you change the magazines. And when someone looked at the game and spoke, isn't this my weapon? I said, yes it is. Why is it recoiling so bad? We couldn't let them shoot it. Do everything but live fire. <laughs> okay. The second year of the armory, we rolled the dice, pulled the trigger, however you want to describe it, and we built the room. We lined the walls with white slot walls to give people a good background for photographs. The weapons are exposed in a appealing manner and easy to see and examine. You can't touch them, but you can look. Uh, we have signed everywhere, do not touch the displays. When I had one gentleman holding a piece of the metal and I'm looking at him, he's like, are you colorblind? Why, yes I am. So you can't read the bright red, do not touch the display sign right next to that piece of metal. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure I must have made him, I'm sure that part might have made him nervous. He's like, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm six foot four, 230 pounds, and I had a deep voice. I make people nervous. <laughs> it's the trifecta. It's the, it's the trifecta. Yeah. Right there. Well, I think I'm You know, but I have sung some of the songs. I usually have to be quite loaded. <laughs> As I said, we are unique to DragonCon. The only real complaint we've had about the armory is, you're hard to find. Yeah, well. <laughs> we put up signs now going, armory, that way. And people have appreciated this was the first year we put them up. We have had celebrities come down here and just enjoy themselves. Adam Baldwin basically comes down and plays when he's able to. Lou Ferrigno came down, allowed people to take photographs of him handling things like the five-foot-long bladed Odachi sword. Yes. And he flexed his muscles, and it was like, okay, I'm gonna go get a gun. I'm gonna go get a big gun. <laughs> and the audience just loved the hell out of it, which is what we're here for. We're here to inform and entertain. So, we give a series of lectures. I have given way too many lectures this time. Uh, just the chain of events. 
and we have been illustrated all over the internet. I know there are gun books illustrated from the armory. We have had professionals. Yesterday, I had an intelligence officer ask for my contact information because he would like to ask me for information for briefings for his men. Uh, and he had to show me his ID. Well, obviously, I mean... I'm, I'm sensitive. Well, yeah, of course. Anybody can come in here and say I work for the CIA. Okay. <laughs> I've had EOD perfect explosive ordnance disposal people come in and say, where did you get these materials for your explosive display? Well, I made them based on such and such. Can you make more? Oh, <laughs> they, they like them. Uh, mines, bombs, I mean, we have a nuclear bomb here. The prop from the Till Tin Allen movie, Big Trouble, it's duplicate of the prop. The explosive effects chart map of the 10 kiloton nuclear device centered at the front door of the hill of the Hyatt was used as a briefing map by a Navy captain for the counterintelligence and counterterrorist people in the Pentagon. <laughs> Whoa. He, yeah, I have quite the compliment, but he asked me for it. Of course. Um, Had. Okay, it was an accident. It just happened that way, but we ran out of mannequins, so I ended up putting the bomb vest on a teenage mannequin. <laughs> and it's been posted on the internet as the most disturbing item in the armory, this bomb vest. Yeah, I, I yeah. noticed that earlier. I was talking to somebody about the suicide bomber vest. Like, like I, like, like, was that something you guys put together, or was that something from, like, was that, like, an actual, something that an actual, like, terrorist war? Filter. Oh, you built it? Yeah. I, I know what a bomb does looks like. That is a particularly nasty one because I use uh, nail fragmentation. Uh, it has a command detonation switch in the hand. What you can't see is there is also a remote detonation switch in the telephone attached to another pocket. That has American C4 charges. So, yes, to a professional who knows what will happen when that goes off, that is a very disturbing device. But it allows people to see what a bomb vest looks like. You hear about them in the news, but you never actually see one. You can see the results. Yeah. Absolutely. I um, think I have a customer. Oh, cool. 20 bucks. Two zero. It should be on the inside upper right-hand cover. They've been out of print since 1985. <laughs> <laughs> it was designed as a reference book for gamers showing them what the real thing looked like. It was the first book out there with photographs rather than poor drawings. I wrote a game called The Moral Project in 1978-80. It was actually my senior thesis for communications, and it was the first role-playing game that had firearms in it, shown in a realistic manner. This was the first gun-related reference book written for the industry, and it's just... I started the genre. Cool. Which, uh, which, did you have a particular favorite game uh, to play that? Not really. What it was is I came into a club in the 70s and they said, all right, this is role playing. And, and there was no chain of logic for D&D magic. I mean, where does the energy come from? And I said, you got anything like done? And, well, he's trying to make one, so I go over and make sure he's whole thing. He's making games based on the story written by another player of the club. 
about seven. So I basically took the idea and ran with it because it had been fine to get done. I'm, I'm mission oriented, get the job done. So I ended up writing the start. And then later on, people were buying it just as a reference for pictures of the previous armory. Years of the armory are amazing. We're actually lights and weapons this year, but no one notices it because of the means in which we display it. I mean, there's stuff here no one will ever see. We have a Japanese Type 100 paratroopers rifle. It comes apart in two pieces. First year I've had one of those out. Um, we have a number of rare guns, but people don't realize they're rare. I have a Steyr 300 meter free rifle there. There's 91 of them in the country. In the whole country? Yeah. And the, the president of Steyr told me that. We have a bunch who spots 15 shotguns. There are 200 in the country. And the AMT, American marksman rifle. This is a copy of the Swiss P-57, their issue rifle. Um, they're actually quite rare in this country. Here's one. Uh, Soviet snipers uh, in World War II, the present day. Starlight scopes. The most popular weapon here is within your sight. This is the most popular gun in the armory. In past times, everybody wanted their picture taken. Or it was the one most commonly asked, can I have my picture taken? I want to assume it's the, the one right above the Barbie? No, it is the Barbie. Oh, okay. <laughs> That was going to be my second guess. That's just what we call it. It's a pink AR-15. We call it the Barbie Carbine. Uh, the one second above that, that's my personal life. Oh, wow. So I saw the pink Barbie when I, when I, I saw the Barbie when it's I came home. It is a, I was trying to figure out, like, was that an actual name or just something y'all made up? No, we just call it that. <laughs> it's like the coolest it's thing stuck. I've ever seen. Like, now is it just, now is it just girls that got their pictures taken with it, or if guys wanted their pictures taken with it too, or? Yeah, the first person to have their picture taken was an Air Force captain. <laughs> we had a little prop background set right in this spot, and it was like, okay, fine, just standing in the armory sign, and standing with his pink white <laughs> Oh, God, I hope your men don't see that. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet, I'll bet he's waiting until he gets out of the service to post the picture. That way it's more funnier. We have fun. That's part of the reason we're here. Absolutely. Uh, because of the nature of events, we can't hand people weapons anymore. We just don't. Absolutely. Uh, it is extremely rare for a given situation. We have had writers in here where we taught them. I taught them how to be a sniper, what it means to get in your bubble, feel the gun, feel the sights. Then there's other times, well, this is the John Browning design. John Browning, armor to the gods, all honor upon his name, and they can sign it across it. It's, it's a gag, and it drives people nuts, and I've seen others take it and run with it. <laughs> and things just like the construction. These are four by six supports. Two by fours and two by eights are the horizontals. Bolt them together and then we uh, screw this slot wall on here. Give everyone a nice white background. There are two and a half tons of display materials in here, not including the artifacts. 
and we have to move it here every year, and then we have to take it apart and get it the hell out of here. <laughs> um, we had the manager of the building. You know who he was? We're building the walls for the first time. The gentleman comes in, a little guy wearing a business suit, standing at the door, looking with his mouth open. Like, Can I help you? I'm the manager of this facility. I have never seen him working something like this. Thank you. It's, we padded and um, contact with the walls. Uh, we have a major architect, uh, Mark Beatum, from the Marriott area. And Marietta there, who helped us lay out the rooms. The uh, Kennesaw room is five inches out of the square because it is personal appointment. I mean, we have a lot of people come to the door. Less and less as time goes on. Nice air soft. It's not air soft. Right. <laughs> are any of these real? All of these are real. <laughs> these are not are, Well, aren't those live grenades? Why, yes, they are. And at the top of every hour, we play Magic Hand Grenade. Pull a pin. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have primary explosive weapons in a public area. Yeah, right. Nice. We're going to actually authorize that. I've had ATF look at my... It's like, here, pull the pen and go in there and see what happens. So. I've had ATF... I've had a local ATF special agent bring her children here to see it. And she knew about the explosives first off because they're wax and clay, and I told her uh, because I'm at a friend's house. Uh, we've had explosive ordnance personnel come in and go, where did you get these props? Where can we get some? Well, I can honestly say I've, I, I'm, I've, I've taken a tour of both sections of the armory. We thought it was awesome, and uh, this is very, very informative. And uh, I want to thank you so much, man, for taking time. To You're very welcome. To we're, we're pleased to do it. Um, tomorrow afternoon, we'll be, tomorrow afternoon, you will be less pleased because we'll be exhausted. <laughs> um, I've had Adam Baldwin come down here, and his character, Jane, used a prop gun, a specific handgun for the longest time, uh, Firefly, and we showed him the real gun. He had never seen it. He didn't know it had a shotgun barrel on it, because they built a prop out of the Lamat. Yeah. And there you go. Our best picture ever is on the internet somewhere. I've got a copy of it, but I can't use it. And it's a girl in a perfect hit girl costume standing in front of the gun wall. <laughs> it looks like a scene from a movie. But I did want to say seriously thank you again, man. Oh, you're quite uh, welcome. Thank you so much time for, you know, talking about this. Like I said, this, yeah. this whole armory was very informative to me. You know, I, was, I got to learn a lot about the guns, learn a lot about the blades, and uh, it was, this is a lot of fun. I hope you guys come back, I hope you guys come back uh, next year. If we can get the sponsors and pay the bills, it's 7500 bucks just to open the door. The most ex greatest single expense is paid for the police officer. We can't have firearms here without cops. The Atlanta Police Department likes us. I am very jealous of guarding that relationship. I like them like us. And if there's trouble in the armory, we have lots of company very Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And uh, like I said, thanks again for your time. Certainly. You're welcome. All right. And that, ladies and gentlemen, was my interview with the one and only Kevin Dockery. I can honestly say I learned a lot about guns and weaponry. 
And I think it's awesome that celebrities as well as historians and game designers actually use that place for research and to bring authenticity to their respective projects. Because even though video games and movies aren't real, and most historians don't plan on actually firing the weapons they research, it makes the historians look smarter and the movies and video games look more entertaining if they all know what they're doing and what they're talking about. Also, there's a lot of interesting topics that we got into off the record. But sadly, I can't talk about it because he requested that I keep that info confidential. And as an ethical journalist, I want to respect his wishes. So I'm sorry, but those particular topics you'll never know about. Especially since he was generous enough to talk to me despite the fact that I didn't make any plans in advance. Now, when I originally aired this interview, I was encouraging everyone who goes to Dragon Con to check out the Armory if they haven't already and how great it is and what great things you can learn while being there and especially if you get a chance to talk to Kevin one-on-one -on -one and ask him any questions. But unfortunately, over the last couple years, the Armory has since not been part of Dragon Con. Apparently, Dragon Con decided to do away with the Armory and I think it was because of all the, uh, you know, shootings and gun violence that have been happening over the last four years or five years. And apparently some people weren't comfortable being around the armory or some people thought it was inappropriate. I don't know what the exact reason is. These are just rumors I heard. But apparently the armory is no longer part of Dragon Con. And at one point, Kevin had reached out to me about wanting to come back on the show and discuss that. And I've been meaning to get him back on. It's just that over the last few years, I've been dealing with so much. You guys know from stories I've told how busy I have been and how busy I still am. That unfortunately, I haven't been able to set aside any time to interview Kevin Dockery. But if enough of you guys love this interview and you want me to bring Kevin Dockery back, please let me know. If you're listening to this on whatever social media platform you have, you can comment below. If you're listening to it via social media, my social media links, please leave a comment below or reach out to us on social media. DM us on our social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Let me know that you want Kevin Dockery back on this show and I will reach out to him and I will make it happen if the fans want to hear it. Now on a personal level, I would love to have Kevin back on. I just got to find the time in my schedule, but if enough of you Boochcast fans want Kevin back on the show, then I will definitely speed up that process and give you guys what you want. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up my interview with uh, Kevin Dockery. And as I mentioned before, uh, this is one of three interviews that I did uh, over my time at DragonCon in 2017. I got two more interviews coming. Uh, they'll be coming out uh, for each of the Mondays in September. Uh, next week, we'll be talking to uh, Teresa Patterson, who is the uh, track director for the Armory. And then on September 26th, I will be uh, playing my interview with Archangel Films. So check out those two interviews coming up soon as well. And make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram 
at the Cast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel, check out all of our video content, and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. I'm hoping to get the uh, Dark Side of the Ring videos uh, up there soon if they're not up there already. And make sure you guys follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 26th for WWE Survivor Series. We'll be getting together for the Survivor Series. Uh, the team will be getting together. I'll be getting together with the team. I might be doing something on my own. Everything's up in the air right now with that. But either way, join us November 26th at 8 p.m. on twitch.tv slash theboochcast. Also, be on the lookout for our D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and of course, another special project that we have in the works coming to you guys very soon on twitch.tv slash theboochcast. Also, you guys can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the option that you want. The first option is $0.99, cents, $1 per month. Uh, this is for people who want to support the show but don't have a lot of money to spend. Uh, the last thing we would ever ask our fans to do is break the bank or sacrifice a payment to help out this show. That's why we keep our prices affordable, our donations affordable. Now, the second level we have, if you got some extra spending cash, is $4.99, $5 per month. It's a uh, a little bit more, but still very helpful. And we got the third and final level you can donate, which is for $9.99, $10. So the least amount of money you can donate is a dollar. The most amount of money you can donate is $10. Uh, pick the one that's going to help your wallet out the most because, like I said, we don't want to hurt anybody's bank account, but donations do help us keep this show going. Basically, all the money that we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We use it to upgrade our equipment. We use it to bring in bigger name guests. It allows us to pay our bills and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're going to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over when it's all said and done, uh, we use the rest to feed a... Uh, Zachariah Scott, his ramen noodles, and try to, and God knows we've been trying to get him laid. <laughs> now, for any new listeners to the Boochcast, that's something we do at the end as a little joke because we like to ball bust Zach. We're not really using this money to feed him ramen noodles or anything like that. The money really does go back into the show. That's just our little joke that we like to tell. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been the Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.